This is a quest for the truth, featuring Kevin Watts. Good day, everyone. Here are the five things that I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, was seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, which he shall come back and return with a quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. Amen. I believe ordinary people can accomplish extraordinary things. I believe the family unit is the key, the linchpin, if you will, to a just and orderly society. I believe the only way to achieve economic prosperity, both on an individual level and a societal level is through the free market capitalist system coupled with political freedom. I believe America is the greatest country in the world. And with that, I'd like to move on to my topic today. The persecution of one Justice Clarence Thomas. This man has served this country for 42 years as an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. And for 42 years, this man has been persecuted by the left for no other reason but having the audacity to think for himself. But having the audacity to believe that the Constitution is set in stone and that the law is the highest priority, the law of the land is the highest priority. This time, he supposedly took some trips with a friend who happens to be a billionaire. He is his friend, by the way, for over 40 years. And discounts as somehow he has defrauded the court in some way or uh, there's some sort of quid pro quo going on. Now, this billionaire politically is conservative. Justice Thomas has always been conservative. Where is the quid pro quo? Where is the, where is the quid pro quo there? There is none. It's simply a matter of left making up another accusation, another lie to try to destroy this man. only because he refuses to cow down to the left-wing ideology that he disdains. And this is also an example of the persecution of black conservatives that has been going on and continues to go on all over the country. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina proposes a very reasonable measure to protect people against police brutality. He gets emails and and on social media he's referred to as Uncle Tim. Larry Elder runs for governor of California. He gets assaulted and nothing happens. I did don't hear anything else about it again.
Although I guess I should should be that surprised. Gil Garcetti out there doesn't prosecute anybody. But you get the point. If you don't think like us, you can't sit at the kids' table at the at the cool kids' table. You get ostracized, demeaned. Folks, I don't debate the issue. We can't debate the issues that are affecting the black community negatively. You can't debate those with facts and with actual solutions because you know that ruins the that would actually might solve the problem and that ruins the left's opportunity to continue their stranglehold on the inner cities. I mean, this is disgusting. The first lie was the Anita Hill fiasco which never was, the allegation was never to be made public because it was supposed to be in a secret FBI dossier of this accusation, this false accusation. And Nita Totenberg got a hold of it and published it on NPR, this lie that Anita Hill told on Clarence Thomas. And that's where this whole whole thing got started. And it has continued this persecution, this harassment, this harangment for 42 years. It's time for it to end. And I'm calling on my black liberal friends to speak out about this injustice. If you don't agree with him, that's fine. You don't have to agree with the man. You don't even have to like the man. That doesn't give you the right to destroy him either, to attempt to destroy him. And those that are doing it, shame on you. And I believe the reason why is you cannot compete with him in the arena of ideas and intellect. And it's just a shame. It's a real shame. Because who are the losers? The losers are the American people. Because they don't get to hear all sides of an issue. Let's knock it off. Let's debate the real issues here. I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, bless her heart, she conducted a gay wedding before ruling on gay marriage. She actually officiated a gay wedding while she was deliberating whether or not to legalize gay marriage. But she gets a pass because she's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The hypocrisy here is stunning. And I'm tired of black conservatives being harangued, maligned, and attempt to be intimidated 
This has got to stop. This is another form of racism. You know, when Clarence Thomas testified in his confirmation, he called what was going on a high-tech lynching. And the attempted lynching seems to be continuing now with this nonsensical uh, accusation. This really needs to stop. And I'm imploring black liberals to stand up for your brethren and stand up to the woke left-wing mob. Even if you don't agree with Justice Thomas on the issues of the day or his interpretation of the Constitution, he has the right to be where he is. He has the right to be respected and he has the right to speak his mind on the issues of the day. You need to speak up and speak out for this man's right to speak and for this man's right to conduct his business. And again, my name is Kevin Watts and I'm on a quest for the truth. Won't you join me? This is a quest for the truth featuring Kevin Watts. Good day, everyone. Here are the five things I believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and was seated on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, for which he will come back to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. Amen. I believe that ordinary people can accomplish extraordinary things. I believe that the family unit is the key, the linchpin, if you will, to a just and orderly society. I believe that in order to achieve economic viability can only occur in a free market capitalist system coupled with political freedom. I believe America is the greatest country in the world. And moving on to our topic today, I'd like to discuss the two presidential candidates that are ahead in the polls right now, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Joe Biden recently made a formal announcement, as many of you know, that he is running for a second term at 80 years old. Um, I have questions, but I always have questions. After all, I'm pursuing the truth. So in order to pursue the truth, you have to ask questions. My question about the president, the current occupant of the White House, is where are the cognitive tests? Why hasn't this man been given a cognitive test? And if he has been given cognitive tests, why haven't the results been released to the public? 
My main concern about him running for re-election is not his age, per se. Because I know some 80-year-olds that can accomplish what they need to accomplish, do the job that they need to do, without a problem. For example, I'll give you an example. I'll give him one of his own, the member, one of the members of his own party. The former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is as sharp as a tack. And she's 82 years old. She's older than he is, soon to be 83. She's older than he is. Uh, President, uh, former President Donald Trump is in his mid 70s, 76 years old now. Uh, he hasn't seemed to have any sort of mental issues as far as that goes. He was given he was given those tests while he was president, by the way. He was hounded by the media about his age and about his mental acuity. I see hardly anyone bring up the fact of Biden's mental awareness, uh, except for, you know, the usual outposts, Fox News and the other uh, conservative leaning outlets. Why not, why not the mainstream media question this man about his mental acuity? Today, he appears at a press conference, which he rarely gives. He has given fewer press conferences than any other president since Ronald Reagan. And remember, in Reagan's time, we didn't have all these media sources that we have today. You didn't have internet. You didn't have, uh, at least, internet exposed to the majority of the public. Uh, you didn't have social media. You didn't have all these extra media outlets, number one. Number two, when he spoke, things tended to happen. He rarely spoke out of turn. So there's a big difference between what's going on now and what's going on then. Now it seems as if he can't make a move without either someone whisking him away or calling out to him that to stop taking questions, or he just simply walks by and doesn't take any questions. When is this man going to hold a press conference? It's been, what, six months since he held one? This is a problem. I don't see how he's going to campaign, or is he going to just campaign from the White House? I mean, he campaigned from the basement in 2020 and got away with it. Well, what's his strategy this time? Is it this time to campaign from the White House or to hide abroad from the press? You know, Joe Lewis said you can run, but you can't hide. Uh, you will be found out. You will be exposed. And so will your administration be exposed if it comes out that you did not have the mental acumen to do the job as the freedom of the free world, leader of the free world. Let's go on to the other side. You have this president is so unpopular that two candidates, Marianne Williamson has 9% of the vote, uh, according to a recent poll. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. 
has 19% of the vote. And they barely started their campaigns yet. Are they, is he going to actually step into the debate arena and debate these two individuals? And is the media going to hold him accountable for not debating these individuals, particularly if their poll numbers continue to increase, which is likely because he's an extremely unpopular president. Now let's go to the other side, Donald Trump. Here's a man who is ahead in the polls. He has no real incentive to debate right now because his main opponent, uh, Governor DeSantis, has not announced that he's running for president yet, but I'm sure he will within the next within the next 30 days or so. He, I can't imagine him not announcing that he's running for president. Uh, the deal with that is that now I heard Mr. I heard the former president complain about the debate having a debate at the Reagan Library, saying that it's uh, that the library is run by an anti-Trump individual. I don't see where a presidential candidate gets to decide where he's going to debate all by himself. I think it should be something that all the candidates agree to as far as when and where the debates are located in conjunction with whoever is holding that debate. So I hope he doesn't use this as a ruse to try to get out of debating. Because it seems like neither candidate is wanting to really debate from their particular parties. And this is a problem because the people have a right to know where you stand on the issues of the day. And you can make the argument, well, they have their, they both have a record to run on. True. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the issues of the day are the same as in 2020. 2020, we had COVID raging. Uh, right now, COVID is not a factor, thank God. But the point is, is that I want to see a robust debate among everybody, and I want everyone to be able to express themselves and have a platform to express themselves. Not filtered through media or anyone else. Just give me the facts, man. Just give me the facts. And that's what I'm hoping for and what I'm praying for. And again, this is Kevin Watts, and I'm on a quest for the truth. Won't you join me?